When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sunday Showcase, highlighting some of the best audio storytelling found anywhere. All right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Welcome to the Sonic Society, the world's largest and longest-running showcase of modern audio drama. I'm Jack Ward, and I'm here with the best co-host on the planet, David Alt. <laughs> Thank you. Good morning, one and all. Yes, this week our double feature comes from author and musician Mark R. Healy, and is called Beyond the Dark, another exciting anthology series where each episode is a new world to explore. You might find yourself in the heart of a cyberpunk metropolis, a post-apocalyptic wasteland, or an alien world with original music scores for a truly immersive experience. Today we have The Machine and The Dark of the City, and it all begins right here on the Sonic Society. Beyond the Dark brings you sci-fi short stories that invite you to explore questions like what drives us, what makes us human, and what else lies out there undiscovered. At times you'll encounter some mature themes, so listener discretion is advised. From this high up, it was hard to feel any sort of connection with the world below. People were motes of dust in the streetlights, swirling through the darkened lanes and alleyways without any sense of order or purpose. I pressed my head against the plexiglass. I felt as though I was floating 207 stories high. Hello there. I stepped away from the window. Uh, hello, Mr. Wilkins. There were rumours, company myths almost, that he was 110 years old. From this close, he looked every bit of it. What a pleasure to finally meet you. You've been waiting to meet me. He shook my hand. It was cold and leathery. Well... We have noticed you down there. Now, if you care to sign this, I think the matter will be done with. I signed the promotional document without reading the fine print. I was ecstatic. Chances like this didn't come round often at Machinko. 
Mr. Wilkins yanked the form out from under my grasp almost before I had made the last stroke of my signature. You'll start work on level 87 tomorrow. 87? I was that high already. And report to sub-level 19 before you leave. Sub-level 19 was nothing like the other floors at Machine Co. There were no alabaster workbenches, no spotless white carpets. Here, it was dank, dark, and that noise. A humming, throbbing sound like a sickly heartbeat hiding behind the whir of a great machine. A large metal cage loomed out of the darkness, backlit by an iridescent blue monitor, on which a cursor blinked idly. A metal panel slid out of an aperture in the cage near the monitor, and suddenly the cursor came to life. It read, Insert hand here. Curious, I lay my hand on the panel, palm down, and immediately the panel retracted, taking me with it. I couldn't budge my hand. It seemed stuck fast to the panel. What happened next was a blur, dreamlike images. It felt like I was watching this happen to someone else, my hand being severed by a flash of light, the hand removed by a mechanical claw, a replacement hand attached. On the outside it looked human, but in the moment before it was attached to my wrist, I saw that inside were metal rods for bones, tiny cogs, and levers for tendon and muscle. A machine hand.
On the shuttle home, I couldn't help but stare at my new hand. I kept flexing my fingers and twisting it back and forth. It felt fine. There wasn't even a scar. Already the episode in the bowels of Machinko seemed like just a bad dream. with caution. Does this mean I'm going to see less of you? Look, I need to work hard to get ahead. It won't always be this way. I barely see you as it is. You come in at night, eat, shower and go to bed. Okay, so I'm running short on time here and there. You're not making time, that's the point. I promise it won't be like that, Jane. I'll make time. I leaned forward and slid my hand across the table. Almost reluctantly, she placed hers in mine. I felt nothing as her fingertips ran across my palm. It was almost as if she was touching someone else's hand. I realized it was the hand I had placed inside the cage on sub-level 19. I snatched my hand back from Jane and touched my fingers with the other hand. The machine hand was cold, like the temperature of a metal bench top, or the bonnet of a car after it had been sitting in the cool of a garage. What's wrong? I forced a smile and hid my hand under the table. Nothing. Level 87, demands on my time increased. I had meetings with people who used to boss me around. I regularly caught a later shuttle home. My new hand never regained feeling. I found that it typed faster than my old one at least. Eventually, I adjusted to typing with just the machine hand. not to touch Jane with my new hand. It didn't feel right. I bought an expensive guitar I'd always wanted to play. The hand did not seem well equipped for playing it. The guitar quickly became a six-stringed ornament. 
You have one new message. Hey, it's me. Um, I just thought I'd let you know. My dad came round and fixed the side gate. I know you said you'd do it, but, um... Well, anyway, I'll talk to you later, I suppose. Deleted. You have no new messages. When I was elevated to a job on level 119, I once again found myself in the office of Mr. Wilkins up on level 207. I didn't remember applying for the position. One day I was hard at work, and the next I was being told I was on the way up, that my application was successful. Mr. Wilkins went through his routine mechanically, like an automaton. Once again, I signed the promotional document. And once again, I was told to report to sub-level 19. difficult to approach the cage, and for a moment I considered backing out. Almost without my consent, it seemed the new hand reached behind me and pushed on the doorframe, propelling me across the floor toward the terminal. It read, lie on panel feet first. I dreaded lying on it, thinking of what it might do to me and I think in some ways I realized there would be no turning back. Ironically, I was afraid that should I not proceed, someone else in the company would take my place. All of my hard work would go to waste and I would be stuck on level 87. So I lay down on the panel. It slid forward. The light flashed. And I heard the claw. I received an improvement to my legs. I began to forget things. Not about work, of course. My knowledge and skill in doing my job only improved after the changes. I forgot Jane's birthday and her cat's name. I couldn't remember whether she liked chocolate or walks in the park. I didn't care either. I was only home a few hours a day to sleep. It barely registered with me that she was there most of the time. And that made it difficult for me to recognize that at some point, she had left.
At work, my meetings increased in frequency. They became a blur where solutions were reached, deals were struck, and I contributed instinctively and effectively. My job hardly required thought anymore. From time to time, I seemed to duck in and out of consciousness. I would find myself in a meeting with people I didn't recognize, with no recollection of how I got here. I would be engaged in conversation with them, the words flowing from me with a strange surety, as if I was an automatic pilot while I was out to it. When I was promoted to level 163, I received more physical upgrades. I felt like there was a gulf opening between myself and the workers on lower floors. From this high up the organization, it was hard to feel any sort of association with the people below. They were slow, ponderous creatures without any sense of order or purpose. I could feel nothing now below my neck, where everything had been replaced. But this did not concern me greatly. A sense of touch was not necessary for the tasks I was required to carry out at the company. myself in another meeting. A young, neatly dressed woman sat in the room waiting for me. She watched me quietly, but said nothing. I wondered if perhaps she was assessing me for another promotion. Good morning. What are we here for today? What? What can I do for you? Am I wasting your time being here? At the moment, yes. Can we get down to business? I've already wasted too much time. Well, tell me what company you're from. I'll schedule another meeting. What's your name? There was a tinge of emotion in her eyes that I couldn't identify. I was getting worse at interpreting people's feelings. Jane. My name is Jane. I should have been very happy the day I was promoted to level 201, 
and became part of the elite. But it only registered minimally. I seemed incapable of emotions such as triumph, joy and satisfaction of late. How quickly time passes. It seems like just yesterday you were here for your first promotion. I had no recollection of the passage of time. Mr. Wilkins, how long has it been? Our records tell us you have been with the company 24 years. I was shocked. Had it really been that long? Mr. Wilkins seemed oblivious as he produced the latest promotional document and allowed me to sign. Excellent. Now if you report to sub-level 19, the transaction will be complete. A feather of emotion scratched at the wall I had so carefully constructed around my inner feelings. It was fear. Why would I go there? Surely my modifications are complete. I mean, there's nothing else to be done to me, is there? There are more modifications that can be done. Good day. In the elevator, I pressed the button for the ground floor. I decided I would leave. Leave the building. Leave the company. I was not returning again to sub-level 19. At ground level, the elevator doors opened. I saw people walking past on the street. Saw a traffic light change from green, to yellow, to red. I stepped forward, but I didn't. I stayed rooted in the same spot. My machine body had taken over. My hand reached out and pressed the button for sub-level 19. to walk straight back out of there and get in the elevator. But I had no choice anymore. My legs carried me forward. The terminal read, lie on panel head first. I was walking forward, powerless to stop. There were things in my memory I tried desperately to reach. Seemingly random images 
images of people I didn't know. They were like feathers in the wind, dancing just out of my grasp. And then they were gone. Nothing. I reached the cage, lay on the thin sheet of metal, and let my head rest against the shiny surface. I felt the coldness of it on my cheek. Featuring Ron Schlossberg, Samantha Bayard, and Robert Blythe. Written, directed, composed, and produced by me, Mark R. Healy. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and add a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Beyond the Dark is an independent production, and I need your help to keep it going, so please visit patreon.com slash beyondthedark if you'd like to hear more episodes. You can also find my full-length novels and music at markrhealy.com. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you in the next one. Beyond the Dark brings you sci-fi short stories that invite you to explore questions like what drives us, what makes us human, and what else lies out there undiscovered. At times, you'll encounter some mature themes So listener, discretion is advised. fear we have is fear of ourselves. Fear that, when the time comes, we'll be unable to do what must be done. Fear that we'll be unable to protect what's ours. My name is Olivia Moreno. I work for N Division, a unit that exists for one purpose to hunt the creatures called Necrols that have begun to infest Carson Bay. For the past three weeks, I've been chasing the hate-filled monster that killed my partner and threw my life into chaos. It's out there in the streets, hiding in the dark of the city, somewhere, trying to assimilate, trying to make itself invisible. It wants me dead. It knows I'm after it. There have been hours, days, where I've thought this pursuit might destroy me. That I wouldn't have what it takes to follow through. 
But I have to find it, and I have to put it down. My name is Olivia Moreno, and I'll make this right. I'll make this right. It's a warm night in Carson Bay. Above the city, iridescent rocket trails glimmer in the sky like a patchwork of falling stars. As I watch, another starliner bursts toward the heavens, pulsing light as it arcs into the infinite. Around the skyscrapers, patches of fog have begun to roll in, blanketing parts of the high city in a neon haze, a wash of reflected pink and powder blue. A shuttle drifts overhead, throwing shadows across the street and stirring dust and trash in its wake. I lift a hand and shield my eyes from the grit, but I don't slow my pace. I have somewhere to be. Around me, the denizens of the alleys and the sidewalks are busy. Down here, you can buy and sell anything you want. Trank, biomods, guns, flesh. Everywhere you turn, there's someone waiting to take your credits, whether you want to part with them or not. For many of these lowlifes, necrols are nothing but rumors ghost stories spread by control net to sow fear among the populace. They don't know the awful truth like I do. The Necrols look just like you and me hiding in plain sight. And that score you just picked up, that flesh you just tasted, that could have been a Necrol. A monster lurking under human skin. I just want to pick up and leave this all behind. But I know I can't. Not yet. Not until I find the one I seek. Out past Midtown, I see movement on the sidewalk. Then I hear his voice. Hey, Moreno! I turn to see my partner, Trask, stepping out of Starfall's boxcar diner, a perplexed look on his face, 
He's a hardened street cop, like me. And there's an intensity about him that radiates from eyes of cobalt blue. Trask, what are you doing here? I couldn't sleep. Came to grab a bite to eat. What about you? I have work to do. <laughs> what time zone you're running on, Marino? Our shift didn't do to start for another six hours. You're new. Give it time, and you'll learn that over here, we don't always do things by the numbers. Well, I'm coming with you. No, that's not... Either way. <sighs> okay. Trask has been my partner for only two weeks, but we have a history that goes back much further. We got involved a few years ago at the Academy. For a while, I thought we might have had something going, but it didn't work out. Even so, there are times when he looks at me and I feel something there. Like we've left things unfinished. ControlNet doesn't know about it, of course. They would never have made us partners if they did. Give me a second and I'll look up the target list we were working on yesterday. Forget about that. I'm going after target 247. What? Again? Why are you so obsessed with that thing? It killed Tom. Remember him? We've been over this. 247 skipped town. It's gone, Marino. No, it's still here. I have a new lead. Yeah, of course you do. Just come with me. Watch and learn. We board the closest shuttle and head out toward the east side. The cabin is empty apart from one late-night commuter making his way home. Trask stands by the window watching the darkened buildings slide past. A shaft of yellow light traces the edges of his face as a starliner lights up the sky in the distance. Hey, remember when you and me used to talk about getting on board one of those things? The good old days. Yeah, we always plan to leave this place. His smile fades. Look, I've been wanting to talk to you about how it ended between us, Liv. At the time, I thought I was doing the right thing, but... Not now, Trask. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, yeah, okay. We get off the shuttle at 52nd and reach the sensor not long after. It's an innocuous looking box attached to a corner lamppost, but it serves an important purpose, detecting the passage of branded targets as they move about Carson Bay. I hook into the bus port with my cyber clip and use my control net credentials to access the system. What are you doing? I tagged target 247 when we fought three weeks ago. After it nailed Tom, 
Injected it full of nanotransmitters, but this one is clever. It figured out how to scramble the data, and it's been masking its movements ever since. I'm onto it now, though. I tweaked the sensor to compensate. Looks like it came this way just this morning. So where did it go? This way. Follow me. We follow a network of dank alleyways on our way to the waterfront. Apart from the iridescent glow of the nav screen on my cyberclip, this part of the city is lit only by the glimmer of neon signs that loom like beacons out of the darkness. Discarded trank capsules shimmer dully in the gloom and crunch under our feet, and junkers lie sprawled against dumpsters and under stairwells too far under the thrall of narcotics to notice our passage. Weird. A couple weeks ago, I'd have been arresting these scumbags. You're not in C-Div anymore, Trask. Your job is to focus on the Necrols now. Forget about everything else. So, uh, what are we gonna do when we find it? We put it down. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just the two of us? Uh, is that even possible? Why not? Well, the only other time I saw one of these things taken down was over at the cross. It looked human enough. A woman, young, pretty, innocuous. But the thing is, it took about ten shots to knock the damn thing off its feet. Sure. They're tough as hell. That's why we shoot on sight. And this blood was black, like oil. I mean, what's that all about? They're different on the inside. Inhuman. Look, this might be a weird question to ask right about now, but... What are they? And what are they really? Some say they're Xenos, others that they're the dead come back to life. Well, a guy back in C-Div told me they're a government experiment gone wrong. They're actually machines built to mimic humans. <sighs> I've heard crazier theories. Well, surely someone knows. Up in control net, I mean. Don't worry about that now. Just make sure you're packing plenty of red tips. Otherwise, we'll never bring it down. Uh, red tips? Well, nobody told me about those. Let me guess. They skimmed over your training when they brought you on board. Here, give me your piece. I'll lend you a few of my spares. I empty his clip and load up the replacement rounds, then hand the gun back to him. Then we get moving again. I lead the way down toward the pier. It's deserted at this time of night, and the fog is thinned out across the water. Out on the bay, I can see the undulating yellow lights of shipping lane markers, and above, stars faintly glimmering through the haze. This is as close as Carson Bay comes to peacefulness.
getting close. Wait over here. I'm going to try to flush it out. Make sure you stop anyone from going past this point. We don't want innocents getting hurt. Marina, wait. Um, don't you think we should call for backup? It'll be gone by then. We have to do this now. I leave before he can say anything more. I can't help but feel that he's seen something in my face, that he senses my unease. I leave him behind me in the darkness. Down under the pier, things are quiet. It's almost as if a lull has come over the city, like it's watching me silently in expectation of what is about to happen. I swing my flashlight across the sand, see discarded beer bottles and more empty trank capsules. No people. Maybe the target has cleared out of the area already, and yet the triangulated signal from the sensors told me it was here, somewhere close. A strange thought occurs to me. As I stand here listening, I begin to wonder what will happen to me when this is done. Where will I go? And what will become of me? Then I glimpse something in the shadows. I see the glint of something spinning through the air, and before I can take cover, it smashes against my chest and then drops at my feet. I realize it's a rock, wickedly sharp, and the pain sears against my skin. As I reel back, I see the monster running, trying to escape once more. I give chase, weaving between the pillars with my gun at the ready, but I can't get a clear shot. Then it changes course, and I get my chance. A split second, nothing more, and I take aim. I pull the trigger. The creature stumbles, and I close in. It's down in the sand, and I keep shooting, round after round, until it stops moving. I begin to believe that the nightmare might be over. I turn at the sound of something behind me. Hey, Moreno. You okay? Trask. Damn it. You were supposed to wait outside. Well, I heard screaming. I, I couldn't leave you in here with that thing. His flashlight drifts across the sand. I try to put myself between him and it, but I'm too late. He sees... Moreno, why does it have your face? Why does that thing have your face? Trask, listen to me. It bleeds, it bleeds red. I, I thought they... He turns the flashlight on me, sees the oily blackness oozing down my shirt from the wound in my chest. He brings his gun up at me. What the... Just listen to me for a second. What the hell are you? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I don't know where I came from. I woke up three weeks ago with her memories, her face. I don't know who put me here or why. You killed Moreno's partner. You killed Tom. I went to see him. I wanted his help. 
But the other Moreno was there. She screwed everything up. I had no choice. It was either them or me. You branded the real Moreno with the nanotransmitters. You made her the target. It was the only choice I had. She was trying to kill me. I was just protecting myself. Now you came to tie up the loose ends. That's why you didn't want me following you in here. I take a step toward him, but he moves first. I keep coming, and he keeps firing. As he empties the clip, I stop, unharmed. He looks down at his piece, and realization dawns. tips at all, did you? I wasn't sure I could trust you. He tosses the gun in the sand, defeated. So, I guess this is it, huh? That depends. On what? On what you'll do if I let you walk out of here. You know exactly what I'm gonna do. He holds firm, doesn't turn and run, even though I can see he's afraid of me. There's something else in his eyes, a sense of betrayal, and worse, disgust. I was never given a chance, Trask. From the moment I came into this world, I've been fighting to survive. <laughs> you expect me to feel sorry for you, after what you've done? <laughs> Forget it, Moreno, or whatever you are. From the moment I woke into this existence, I only wanted to be treated as a human. Treated as though I'm not a monster. Maybe this is my chance to prove I'm worthy of that. But if I let him go, he'll tell about me. They'll hunt me. And one day soon, they'll kill me. softens, and a look of resignation comes over him. You said you had her memories. If that's true, can you tell me why she never came after me when I walked down on her? I mean, did she ever even love me? I... It doesn't matter now, does it? It does. To me. I want to answer, but I can't. The words won't come. Instead, I raise the gun.
Sometimes the greatest fear we have is fear of ourselves. Fear that, when the time comes, we'll be unable to do what must be done. Fear that we'll be unable to protect what's ours. I don't understand what I truly am. I don't know how I came to be here or where this path I've chosen will lead me. The only thing I do know is that I have to survive. I have to hide my nature from those who seek to destroy me. My name is Olivia Moreno. If I keep telling myself that for long enough, one day I might begin to truly believe it. And if I ever stand in judgment of the ones who put me here, I'll tell them the same thing I tell myself every night. The same words that bring comfort when the dark of the city closes in around me. I don't know any other way. The Dark of the City, featuring Felina Hopkins and Scott Gentle. Written, directed, composed, and produced by me, Mark R. Healy. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and add a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Beyond the Dark is an independent production, and I need your help to keep it going, so please visit patreon.com slash beyondthedark if you'd like to hear more episodes. You can also find my full-length novels and music at markrhealy.com. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you in the next one. And that's this week's show. Please check the show notes for links for Dark of the City on sonicsociety.org. Until next week, where we're here at the same time and all different programming, I'm Jack Ward. And I'm David Alt. Have a lovely day. Sonic Society is written and produced weekly by Jack J. Ward and David Alt, with original music by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society by Creative Commons Licensing. The Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Thanks for listening. Welcome to The Programme, an audio series set in the future in which money, state and God became fused into a single entity called The Programme. When you've been treated as expendable for so long, it feels good to know someone still needs you. Each episode of the show is a self-contained story, so feel free to pick and choose the ones that sound the most interesting to you. 
Perhaps AI overtook us just like global warming did, with people bickering is it real or not right up until the water finally rose above their mouths. Imagine if you could be sentenced to death through downvoting. Listen to a survivor of this bloody era recount her harrowing story. We aren't who we think we are. We are who others think we are. What would you tell yourself if you discovered a way to talk to yourself in the past? Once you realize what could be, it's hard to suffer what is. How would you react if you found out that your dad is actually a hired actor playing the role of your father? You want your dad to love you for who you are, not because he works on commission. And the biggest question of them all, who or what is behind the program? Sometimes you need a hornet to sting the mule for it to kick the farmer. The program comes for us all.